But my... This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome into the show, everybody, to the MD's Fantasy Football Show, live on a Thursday night like we always are. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app it's thursday night so we got nfl injuries to talk about all the fantasy you know news that you need to know before we head into the weekend and of course we'll have jazz florida on the second half of the show to talk about our best bets of the weekend but to no further ado let's introduce our special guest here for the night and now the moment you've all been waiting for He's the number one medical expert in all of fantasy sports, host of the Injurious Podcast, Mr. Brian Scott. I did the zoom out this time. That, that intro gets gets better and better every does. single time. Very nicely done, sir. How are we doing today, oh, Brian? I'm doing good. Um, aside from my hopes and dreams of the Giants fans being crushed, um, I'm focusing now on my fantasy football teams. I don't care what happens the rest of the way for the Giants. I mean, I feel like you should probably been focusing on that since like week four. I, 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 I actually have. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm sure you have. Yeah. Following this show, by the way, which is always available to you guys, and following us on social media at BillyUpMDFFShow. Give our sponsor a shout out, Wolf Spreads app. We have the link right on our social media pages, right on our profile, at Show on X. It's free to sign up. It's free to join the app. All you got to do is bet with $2,000 of fake money. Get the most profit, and you will win a $25 gift card to Amazon. Hey, guess what? Shopping center's coming up. We could all use an extra 25 bucks in our lives, and you can keep it rolling, too. We've actually had one person win two weeks in a row, so he's got 50 bucks nice. heading to him right there. So make sure you guys, Wolf Spreads app, check us out at Show on X. Alright, it is time for our injury inquiries to figure out exactly what we're going to need to do with some of our start-sit decisions and who the hell is even going to play this week. So let's go into it. Oh! 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 Well, God. Speaking of the Giants, we'll we'll just get this out of the way and, and never talk about it again. Yeah, let's hope so. You know, uh, Daniel Jones is done. Um, this that could have been his last game as a Giant, for all we know. Uh, you know, they're saying he's going to have surgery in hopes of being ready for 2024, but realistically, it's going to be about 12 months. You know, 10 anywhere between 10 to 12 months before he's cleared to go back on the football field and. I mean, that brings you to, you know, the middle of next season. If things keep going the way the Giants season is going, they're probably going to draft the number one round quarterback. So who's probably going to end up being competing for the starting job? We might not see Daniel Jones ever again in the Giant uniform. And uh, there are a lot of people that are probably pretty happy about that. I think it's unfortunate to have to end his career on this note with the Giants, if that's in fact what happens. Uh, pretty innocent looking play, but... um. 
you know, he tried to tough it out, which I give him props for doing. Uh, but it was clearly evident at that point after that second play that he tried to drop back and plant. Uh, his knee was given out on him. And so when un- unfortunately the, the the diagnosis became true and he's out for the year. Yeah, out for the year. I bet they wish they just paid Barkley and franchise tag Daniel Jones now, though. I'll tell you that much. Oh, They're yeah. still going to be stuck with him at least for one more year under this contract, regardless of when he's available to play. Um, I didn't, yeah, I, Tommy DeVito on Sunday. I got uh, pretty much every DFS lineup I have includes Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, just, just throwing that out there, guys. I don't care that the most expensive defense. You might want to go ahead and play them anyway because they might drop 30 points by themselves heading into this week. So, yeah, not looking great for the Giants and Tommy DeVito. Uh, I, I don't know where he is on the outline. I thought I added him on here. But, Brian, I do have a question for you for Kyler Murray because it sounds like we're going to have Kyler Murray this oh, week. Yeah. What would your expectation for him be from a physical standpoint? Like, because for instance, when Murray, his big thing for fantasy football, especially is his ability to run. Is he going to have that ability the first week back? Or do you not think so? Uh, So uh, from a physicality standpoint, he should be just fine. The the usually the biggest hurdle at this point is usually more mental. Uh, It's getting back on the field, forgetting about all the stuff that happened before and what led him here. And getting over that mental hurdle and being able to sprint, cut, pivot, change directions, hit, you know, absorb tackles. That's going to be the biggest hurdle for him. So he might be a little rusty to start this game. Um, He's probably not going to take off as quickly as he would have in the past, at least not just yet. So I do expect him to be a little bit more conservative with scrambling um, to start with. But, you know, some guys can adapt pretty quick. So, you know, who knows by the second half, if things are going well. And he has a few uh, moments where he's able to get outside the pocket and use those legs. Um, he could uh, kind of loosen up a little bit and look like the old Murray. Um, but physically speaking, there should be no real setbacks or limitations on him. It's a lot of times at this point, it's usually just mental with these guys, which is understandable. Yeah, 100%. Um, we'll have to see. I do have Kyler Murray, guys, ranked inside my top 10 this week. So a heavy bye week. I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what? You're healthy enough to run. There are some weapons on the on the uh, Arizona Cardinals. You're playing against an Atlanta Falcons team at home. I'm going to take the chance on him. I do have him at quarterback nine. Let's get into some of our running backs. It's bad. It's so bad. It's blood everywhere. Damian Pierce, uh, this is something that's been a little bit weird because he just pops up with an ankle injury, doesn't play last week, still not practicing this week. Last week, they made it sound like he just needed to sit out a game, potentially, or they were being cautious with him. Now it doesn't really feel that way. So what do you got on Damian Pierce? Yeah, they really downplayed the injury uh, last weekend and made it sound like this was just kind of a precautionary resting uh, thing uh, heading into practice this week. Uh, But he didn't practice yesterday. I'm not sure if he practiced at all today. And that doesn't bode well for this weekend. So maybe this is actually worse than they originally thought. Maybe he had a setback at some point. Um, until I see him get back on the field in at least a limited capacity, I'm hesitant to, to predict that he'll be starting or playing and available. Yeah. Uh, so in, in other words, you fire up Devin Singletary. I, I don't know if you fire him up that aggressively and put it out there, but will he be a good enough RB3 because of the volume they'll have in front of him? Yes. The Cincinnati Bengals are not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when it comes to run defense. That's something important to remember because I know Singletary last week was disappointing. I'm still going to fire him up at least as an RB3 flex play or a fill-in RB2 depending upon what your options were available to you. It's hard to find running backs who are in line for the usage 
as Singletary could be in for with no Damian Pierce. So don't shy away from that. Uh, this next guy, Cam Akers, he's he's done for the year. I, is he yeah. done for his career? You know, he's not. But, I mean, this this is a huge, huge setback. I mean, you're talking about his second Achilles tendon rupture, this time on the opposite side from where he had the one about barely two years ago. I mean, he was able to come back in record time from that one. And he had the same surgeon that did Aaron Rodgers' procedure. So, I mean, if you're an Aaron Rodgers fan and you know that, then that's got to be exciting. But, you know, Cam Akers is four years, I think, into his career, and now he's had two Achilles tendon ruptures, one on each side. That that just does not bode well for a long, healthy career in the NFL. Because you will, no matter what, no matter how quick you come back, no matter how good you feel afterwards, there will be some loss when it comes to power, agility, and at the running back position, that's vital to a long, successful career. So it, it is a devastating injury for him at this stage. I mean, he was doing well, had no lingering issues from that other Achilles injury, and boom, all of a sudden, the other one goes out, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts and just really, really ashamed, too, on top of it. Um, okay, so we got Gus Edwards. He's got a toe issue that did keep him limited as far as his playing time goes on Sunday. It didn't keep his production limited, but it kept his playing yeah. time limited. So he got here. Yeah. And then he was mispracticed yesterday, and I'm not sure if he was able to go today. Could have just been a precautionary move yesterday. So, uh, I mean, maybe they're just letting him rest and not uh, expecting him to practice much in preparation for this weekend so they can at least use him in another limited fashion. Uh, didn't find much out there about what the issue is, but yeah. Uh, not much out there. So, yeah, uh, we're gonna have to keep our, that's something we're gonna have to keep our eye on going in tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We get those official injury reports. Guys gonna be questionable playing. We'll have to see that. James Connor looks like he might be set to return. Yeah, so he returned uh, yesterday and today to practice as a limited participant. Uh, he's working his way off of IR from a knee injury. Uh, so technically speaking, he's kind of entered that 21 day window to be activated. Um, they haven't said that he's officially activated. However. Um, in another important development, um, they waived uh, their 25-year-old running back, Tony Jones Jr. So they opened up a roster spot, which in all likelihood is for James Conner to be activated. So it sounds like he's heading in the right direction and trending toward being available. Whether or not he actually is ready to play this weekend will be another story. We'll have to kind of wait and see what he does tomorrow and uh, heading into the weekend. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the Tony Jones Jr. thing, but also they lose the Amari Demarcado. Okay. Yeah. issue so yeah it's hard to read into that situation we're hoping james connor is going to be back i will say the comments from good old jonathan gannon last week you know this this buffoon hey, of, a, of a man right up? here uh it made it sound yeah. like james connor was going to come back this week that's what he made it sound like like you were almost more confident james connor would be back than, than kyler murray almost and now we're kind of leaning towards the other way yeah. i don't like the fact that a guy comes back in a limited participant in practice when he's been on the ir for four weeks already as it is. So that, yeah, that's a little, little weird there. Maybe they're not quite sure, you know, where he's at. Maybe this was kind of a test run, but it's two days in a row now. And, um, you know, until they officially announce that he's on that 21 day window, they can't activate him, but you could do, I mean, that could happen as late as Saturday. So we'll have to see. Yeah, no, it could. So we'll, we'll keep our eye on that for the practice report on Friday. If he does go, we know James Conner is going to get a heavy workload. I know the Atlanta Falcons on paper are, are been pretty good against the running backs. Remember, they don't have Grady Jarrett in the lineup anymore. So I am going to roll with James Conner as a volume-based RB2 if he is activated this week. Keep your eyes on that. Keontae Ingram, don't even ask me about Keontae Ingram, okay? If James Conner's not out there, I don't give 
two hoots about Keontae Ingram ever. Uh, all right, so we got David Montgomery. We think he's going to be back. Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of according to what we thought the plan would be. Uh, he's a full go in Wednesday's practice coming off of their week nine bye, which is what we expected. We expected that they would have hold him out um, until after that bye, and then with the expectation that he'll be ready to go full full bore. Sounds like that's the plan. Um, probably going to resume his running back one status with the team, but, you know, Gibbs played well in his absence, especially in the passing game, so I think they will probably do like a 50-50 split. Okay, so that sounds good to me. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a 50-50 split. I really no. don't. No, no, um, well, maybe I'm hoping because I have Gibbs on my <laughs> The Lions have showed that they have an identity this year with David Montgomery running the football. Jameer Gibbs is very good. Do not give me a twist. And I think he showed out enough to where we're not going to have this nonsense where Gibbs doesn't have his secondary role to David Montgomery, his DeAndre Swift role to David Montgomery, where they were still taking him out on passing situations because they were worried about his pass protection. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. So that's the good thing about Jameer Gibbs. In fact, even with anticipating that David Montgomery leads the way in the carries and in the red zone like he was before. I do have him as an RB1, but I still have Jameer Gibbs as RB13 this week. They're going to lean on the running backs to be their offense with Amon Ross St. Brown complementing that. That's how this thing is going to go down. And of course, Sam Laporta too. But they have a certain identity with David Montgomery running the football between the tackles. That's who they want to be, the physicality. Gibbs is good. He's elusive, but he doesn't bring that identity that Dan Campbell wants to have. So I think we're going to see David Montgomery reassume early down roll, first and second down, and goal line roll. And because that offensive line is so good, he will be able to rack up the yards and the touchdowns. Uh, so I'm still playing uh, David Montgomery as an RB1. Gibbs, though, still high in RB2 for me. Uh, what's going on with Ken Walker? Um, some kind of chest injury, not exactly sure. Maybe a contusion. He missed practice on Wednesday. Did get in a limited practice today. Um, I expect that he'll probably be limited or possibly full tomorrow. I mean, this guy's had several injuries throughout the season. He hasn't really missed any significant time because of it. So I expect that we'll probably see the same thing heading into this weekend. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we got Keaton Mitchell. He popped up with a hamstring after he was the new hotness on the waiver wire this past week. Yeah, weird here. So he was limited today, but got a full session in yesterday. So that kind of s- smells a little funny to me. Um, he might have uh, not been as healthy as he thought and maybe aggravated it or realized like, uh oh, this isn't quite as good as I thought it was. Maybe I should just shut it down or or just take take a step back here. So uh, pay close attention to what he's able to do tomorrow heading into the weekend. Um could be a little precautionary thing. You know, maybe they're giving him a full day of practice followed by a day of rest, followed by another full day. So pay close attention to Friday's practice session and see what he can do. And that should give you your answer about whether he'll be available this weekend. Yeah. And you know what? I was telling guys I had him, I had him ranked on there, but he was not my number one pickup of the week. He was not even my number one running back pickup of the week. He still only played 14 snaps. Not every little fast midget is going to turn to Devon Achan, guys. Like we just like, we need to get some perspective here when it comes to some of these running backs. He's somebody that I loved him in dynasty, but he kept getting hyped up and hyped up and hyped up. And I'm like, look, he had the nine carries. Not everyone's Devon H and Gus Edwards is still going to lead the way. Maybe. And I talked about this yesterday on the show. If you didn't see it or listen to it, go back operation domination, on our YouTube channel or on our podcast app. But I, I broke down the fact that maybe he can overtake Justice Hill's role at some point because Justice Hill has been given plenty of usage and has 
pretty much just very little to show for it. But Gus Edwards is five touchdowns in like two games. He's coming into his own. He's getting like five yards to carry ever since he's looked more healthy after week five. Stop getting too excited about Keaton Mitchell, guys. I was just pointing that out there for now. And we already see that, like Devon Achan, when you're this small, injuries tend to happen at the backfield. Just, just, just saying. All right, let's go to wide receivers. Oh boy. <laughs> we have a lot of wide receivers. So we're yeah. going to be pretty, pretty quick with this one. So first up, we got Josh Downs dealing with a knee issue. And remember he plays, if he does play in the Germany game. I'm not sure he is. Uh, he left week nine in the second quarter after getting hurt with some knee injury, missed practice Wednesday and today. Uh, haven't heard any news about whether they're getting any advanced imaging on him, but they weren't very optimistic that he'd be available this weekend. Yeah, uh, 100%. I, I, if he's out, Michael Pittman, he's actually a top 12 receiver for me just based on the volume that he could be looking at against the New England Patriots. Uh, this is a neat issue he had been dealing with going into the game. He had, had it tweaked up and then, you know, got banged up. And yeah, I, I'm especially a small guy like that. He needs explosiveness. I, I'm with you, Brian. I don't think he's going to come back and play. Uh, what about Robert Woods and Nico Collins of the Houston Texans dealing with issues? Well, so Robert Woods has been dealing with this foot issue. He didn't practice on Wednesday, which was kind of surprising because he's coming off a bye week. So I thought he would have had plenty of time to rest. Um, I think he might have gotten in some limited time today because he was seen at practice, according to reports. So tomorrow is going to be really telling about whether or not he's going to be available. Nico Collins, uh, troubling news is that he had a limited practice on Wednesday with some type of calf injury and then was a no-go today. So that's concerning. Um he probably aggravated it. Or again, this is, might be like a Joe Burrow thing where he thought it wasn't as bad as it was and tried to go on it and realized pretty quick that, uh-oh, this is not going to be be good. So they shut him down. Um, so it only really leaves one day tomorrow to really kind of test it out. And it doesn't sound good if that's all he's got to do. So I would keep a very close eye in that situation. We might not see Nico Collins, unfortunately. Yeah, and you know what? If it, With Robert Woods coming back, I think people had to be a little bit worried about, okay, what's the target share going to be? Because everyone wants to play Houston Texans now, especially after last week. But I was making the argument even before we really knew about the Nico Collins injury in yesterday's show that Tank Dell is the number one receiver of this team. Whenever they've been healthy, he runs more routes than Nico Collins. He is featured in more ways than Nico Collins. Believe it or not, Nico Collins, we knew his efficiency was going to catch up with him eventually because he was only really running about 70 to 75% of the routes. That typically is not good enough for a guy to maintain wide receiver two type of value. Tank Dell, however, has been north of 80 pretty consistently. Since he's been back from his injury, he's gone up over 90. So they're featuring him more. They're playing him more. And if Nico Collins is going to be out, I love me some Tank Dell. Noah Brown, redraft leagues only for super, super desperate in big leagues. Like him better in DFS if Nico Collins is going to miss. But remember, playing a Cincinnati Bengals who just held Buffalo in check. Uh, this past Sunday. So keep that in mind too. But I do love Tank Dell this week, especially if Nico Collins is not going to be there and open up an extra target share. Speaking of Cincinnati, what in the world is going on with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? So Jamar Chase, nothing serious here. They actually got an MRI scan of his back, thought it was something serious, turned out to just be a contusion slash bruise. Um, he missed practice on Wednesday, basically took a rest day and did some light stuff today. So he was quoted as telling reporters that it's just sore from some bruising. He is uh, planning on playing and will be available this weekend. T. Higgins, on the other hand, is apparently dealing with some type of hamstring issue um, that he suffered in practice on Wednesday and did not practice today. 
So that's concerning because there are also reports stating that he, they're not expecting him to be available. So that tells me that uh, Jamar Chase is definitely going to play uh, because you can't have two of those guys out. And if Higgins yeah. is not going to go with a hamstring, then Jamar is going to have to go with a bruised back. So um, not a good situation for those two guys in this team there. Yeah, in this case, we're not expecting T. Higgins to go. So Tyler Boyd, with Joe Burrow playing better, has been actually usable, finally. He's always been a good receiver. It's just ever since we've had the Jamar Chase-T. Higgins combo, we can't even find Tyler Boyd on the field half the time. But if T. Higgins is going to be out, with Joe Burrow playing much better as of late, we've seen Tyler Boyd get some red zone looks, get worked in over the middle of the field. I'm still not going to be super excited to play him, but he is going to probably be in that low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four territory if you're looking for a spot play out of somebody. Uh, We got Curtis Samuel, who had missed a couple of games before this. Yeah, including last week's game, and then didn't practice at all last week either. But so he you know, had a limited session yesterday. Not sure what he did today, but that only gives him another day here to kind of test it out. Uh, before this weekend. So it, this could be another week possibly before we see him back. We'll have to see. Yeah. And w- with him being out, Jahan Dotson's been pretty good because the Washington commanders have to throw the ball 24 seven because they can't stop anybody anymore. Cause they totally tank the hell of the defense. So this works out where you want Jahan Dotson. Terry McLaurin's been fine no matter what, but if Curtis Samuel comes back, he was eating heavily into Dotson's work, making him basically unplayable for fantasy purposes. So if you're a Jahan Dotson owner, you need to watch the Curtis Samuel injuries as this progresses. What about Jackson Smith and Jigba, another mystery Seattle list? Yeah, you know, he popped up on the injury report all of a sudden with some hip injury. They're really not sure and haven't been specific about what it is. Uh, then was uh, missed practice on Wednesday. Not sure if he did anything today. Hope could have just been a scheduled rest day. Not quite sure. Um, pay attention to this situation as it develops and see what he does tomorrow. But this could be a true game time thing. If it's uh, anything serious at all, we don't really know. Yeah. It, and it, it may not, we know Seattle, like, it, it may be completely nothing. We, we have, we have no <laughs> idea. Uh, Zay Jones, he's dealing with the knee been trying to come back. We think we're getting any closer to this. <sighs> he's already had at least one setback with this knee this season, as he tried to come back a few weeks ago and then ended up having to come out of the game. Um, he hasn't actually played all four quarters since week one due to injuries this year. Um, and that, you know, that in the games that he has played, he hasn't been able to get through an entire game. So not looking good. Uh, he put together two back-to-back limited practice this week. So there is some optimism that he could be ready to go. But I mean, until he gets a full practice in, we could end up seeing the same thing that we've seen a few weeks already from him where he goes back in is limited and then has to can't make it through the rest of the game. So who knows? Uh, yeah. And you know what? It's, it shouldn't be affecting Trevor Lawrence the way that it is, but it clearly is. Zay Jones is a good red zone target. Don't don't get me twisted. He, he's a very nice complimentary third receiver, especially within that offense. But you have enough weapons. You have Evan Ingram. You have Calvin Ridley. You have Christian Kirk. You have Travis Etienne, who's been fantastic out of the backfield. And, and Trevor Lawrence should be able to get this thing turned around in the second half of the season, even if he doesn't have Zay Jones. But if you have Lawrence, you really want Zay Jones back in order to turn this thing around because apparently he really, really misses him. What about Justin Jefferson? When do you think we're going to have him back? Because now the Vikings have played themselves in a position where they might make the playoffs. So he's got to come back if he's good enough to go. I think it's going to be another week at least. I I don't think he's going to be available this weekend. Um, He's saying that he feels good, but he doesn't want to risk it and come back before he's 100%. But he's getting pretty close. I think he said he was around 80 to 90, but doesn't want to risk coming back any sooner. 
Um, he just entered that 21-day window to come off IR. They haven't said officially if he has been activated, um, but I think it's going to be at least um, probably more like a week 11. Okay. All right. Look, it's it's music to anybody's ears who's had Jefferson yeah. Jefferson because it was looking real grim there for a minute until Minnesota's gotten some things turned around. Now all of a sudden we know he's going to come back. Now, is he going to be the same guy that he was or Kirk Cousins with Josh Dobbs? No, he's not. Jordan Addison owners, it was nice while it lasted because Jefferson <laughs> comes back. I don't think Dobbs is good enough to feature two receivers. He can feature a receiver and a tight end. We've seen him do that in Arizona and other stops that he's been in. He did that so far with Minnesota. I don't know if he's going to start turning into like a poor man version of Kirk Cousins all of a sudden in Minnesota and start featuring everybody enough where everybody's fantasy relevant every single week. So if you have Jordan Addison... Maybe try to get out of the sweepstakes for some type of value while you still potentially can and pull one over on somebody. But that clock, I think, is going to be running out real soon when Jefferson comes back. Traylon Burks, man, this was this was actually good news because that looked ugly for a second. It did, yeah. He had a pretty nasty uh, uh, hit there that he sustained uh, over the weekend. And turns out that along with some injuries to, I think, his back and chest or something, he had a concussion. So... Um, he's in concussion protocol, did not practice as of yet, from what I understand this week. Sounds like he's probably not going to be cleared in time for this weekend's game, but uh, avoided any major, major injury. Um, they're hopeful that probably the week after he should be ready. Okay, so that that's that's good news, especially just for him. I mean, fantasy-wise, it, it, even with Will Levis, it hasn't looked great, but just, just for him personally. Here's some good news. Debo might be on his way back. Yeah, I think we see him, actually. Um the plan was all along was to wait till after this bye week. And we had talked about that. It, it would be the smart thing to do on the part of the 49ers was to wait till their week nine bye had come and gone and then plan on having him back for that uh, week 10 game. So it sounds like he returned to practice. I think he's going to be good to go. He had a hairline fracture. It's about four weeks now. And you can see significant amount of healing by that time if it's just a hairline type of fracture. It wasn't in any part of his shoulder that was really structurally important or compromising. So I think we do see him back if he feels good and up to it and can get through practice tomorrow. Now that's excellent. Debo's back. And I know we don't really talk about offensive linemen on this show too often, but Trent Williams finally got back in a limited capacity this week today, actually. Uh, didn't love that it took till Thursday for him to get in a limited practice coming off a of bye week. But with Trent Williams, as long as he's remotely good to go, he'll probably play for San Fran, which is great news for Purdy, great news for McCaffrey and the entire offense involved. Because without him, that's a very, very below average offensive line. And it also kills George Kittle because George Kittle has to block like all the time if Trent Williams is not going to be out there. So uh, good news on that front too. Christian Watson. What's going on, Christian Watson? Well, the good news is it's not his hamstring again, so that's good news. Um, <laughs> apparently, he had some type of back and chest injury, and then also, I guess, was evaluated for a concussion, but he's cleared that and actually returned to full practice today. Um, doesn't sound like there's any lingering issues from whatever that injury was, and I expect him to be a full go. Okay, well, that's good. That's Well... It's good news for him. I don't know if it's good news for fantasy owners because I think playing him has been more detrimental than it actually has been helping you to begin with. So I, I had, even with Christian Watson healthy, I have him ranked at wide receiver 48. There's other options to go with. And a matter of fact, if his name wasn't Christian Watson, and I said this yesterday, he'd probably be a drop for me right now. 
And he's probably a week or two away from just being an outright drop for me as we get closer to the fantasy football playoffs. I don't think Jordan Love is good enough to right this ship and suddenly have a turnaround moving forward. So Christian Watson on your benches for now, but maybe a drop sooner rather than later. What's going on with Drake London? So he was dealing with some type of groin injury, uh, forced to the miss week nine, but returned to limited practice uh, Wednesday and I believe was a full participant today. So uh, sounds like if he can get through tomorrow and has no setback, we should see him this weekend. Hey, that's great news. We will actually get to see him have a quarterback who's willing to throw the ball down the field to Drake London. Maybe he'll be something. Maybe he'll be something. That would be absolutely fantastic if he could be. Uh, it's just, it's so go. it's so bad. And it's right before the bye week, too. So we, the Falcons are in a situation where they need to see what their pieces look like all together with Taylor Heineke because we haven't had a chance to be able to see that because they're going to make an assessment as to whether or not they come out of this bye week with more Desmond Ritter, which I can't see how you do that. But with Arthur Smith, I don't leave anything out. Like everything's possible with Arthur Smith. That that doesn't make any sense. So you want to see with Taylor Heineke, you want it to go well because it's the only chance you have as a Drake London owner for him to give you wide receiver 24 type value, which if you remember, and I know it was a long time ago now because we're halfway through the season, is what you drafted him to be. So that's where we're at at this point. Uh, So that's good news there. All right, let's wrap this thing up with a tight end TJ Hawkinson dealing with a rib issue. Yeah, so injured his ribs last weekend, was a limited participant in practice today, but uh, told reporters, or I'm sorry, yesterday, uh, no, today after missing yesterday, but told reporters that he plans on playing this weekend and it doesn't sound like it's anything serious. He feels pretty good. No, that's, that's good. It's just with him. He takes so many hits to the chest as it is. Are, are, are you at all worried about him like coming out of this game or you think it's not any more risk than it normally would be? I don't think it's any more of a risk than it normally would be. I mean, the tight end position, that risk is always there, unfortunately, because they're doing so much. They're blocking, they're running out for catches. I mean, they do, they do probably more than any other position. And they do it every play. So uh, I don't think the risk is going to be any greater than it would be if it was healthy. Yeah. No, and that's good news because TJ Hawkinson, we need him as a top five tight end, man. Whew. We got to that list pretty quick, Bri. Good job yeah. by you. Rabbit fire. Thanks. Right yeah, on time. Right on time for the half hour. Uh, won't you tell everybody what you got going on? We want them to check you out. And where can we follow you at, man? Yeah. So as you see below, the at injured list pod, that's my Twitter handle. And I do most of my updates and comments and stuff on Twitter and uh, the website, www.theinjuredlist.com. It's where I have uh, my podcast interviews with guests uh, throughout the world of sports, former current athletes, professional collegiate and people in the healthcare industry, sports medicine world. And then um, Andrew LaDuke from fantasy sports current. I, we do our weekly inside the medical tent updates where we give a lot of, behind the scenes kind of information and some fantasy advice on how to deal with, and with injuries and roster management. Um, that's for a small fee. You can subscribe and cancel anytime. It's worth the, the small fee. Uh, you get some behind the scenes kind of stuff to help give you the edge in your fantasy leagues. Guys go and subscribe to that. That is the edge. We have all this data, but so does everybody else. The only thing you don't have in your back pocket is a guy like Brian Scott, who's a medical expert and can help give you the edge, especially now we're in crunch time. Some of you are already in playoff mode because you have to win every game to even make the playoffs. So this is the time. Go subscribe to that and check out the Injured List podcast, which is the host of Brian's podcast. Brian, thanks so much for coming on, man. We'll see you 
I well, we might see you next week. I actually need to talk to you about that at some point. Oh. <laughs> uh, so hopefully we'll be seeing you next week. If we do, it may have you at a different time. We'll get that worked out behind the scenes we'll and we'll out social out. media. I uh, will talk to you real, real soon, man. Thank Always you. a pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having me. Of course. Okay, and just like that, we go into our second half of the show. We got Mr. Chaz Filardi here to talk about our best bets of the weekend. How we doing, man? Yeah, it's been a surreal run for me. So, but we swept the board as well. I hit uh, I hit twenty nine straight wagers yesterday. Look at you, twenty nine. Now, because I do a lot of, I mentioned the round robin thing. I started doing the round robins. It's really made a big difference for me because. If you go, you know, two and one, you know, you get your money back and play again. I, I didn't go two and one. I kept going three and oh, three and oh, three and oh. So, yeah, it's just like, I just kept winning everything. That's all. I just kept winning Good everything. It's okay. Yeah. Good for, yeah and the Breeders' Cup. Good for the the Breeders' Cup. I, I, Friday, I dabbled and I just wasn't doing it right. And I always say to myself, you got to read the form, watch the races before you know if you're reading the form right. And I obviously wasn't reading it right. So I went back to the Detroit board and on Sunday I hit every race. I literally hit every race. I lost one race. I hit the first seven, lost the race and hit the ninth. And every time I won, I was betting the Alabama parlay with Washington, Alabama, Washington. So I ended up having a lot of money on Alabama, Washington, and it, then it was, you know, it went well for me. Let's just say that, Dan. <laughs> of course it did, Chaz, because you are you. Chris Dowhauer joining the show. What's going on, man? Joined just on time to hear about Chaz doing well, as usual. Chaz has been on the high streak as of late. No, the Lord um, has been very, very good to me. This is where on my show I play my Thank You Jesus video from Michael <laughs> the Movie when the, with uh, Michael the Movie with uh, uh, John Travolta. John Travolta. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and this is why we always got the man, the myth, the legend on the help is out here. All right. So let's but no, understand something. Yes. Yeah, sure. I paid for a bachelor party with sports betting and I'm, I'm I got two more weeks and I'm going to be able to pay for a rehearsal. If I keep it going, I can pay for a rehearsal dinner for a wedding. It all was sportsmen and that'd be pretty sweet. That would be pretty sweet. No money out of your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> father of the groom, baby. <laughs> oh, win. Take care of it now. Bride's parents is all on you. You know huh? the best part, though? These kids, I know all these kids. They're all 30. I've known them their whole lives. And they and they bet and they lose a lot. And and I keep telling them who to bet. They're not there. You know, no, nah, no, nah, there's no way. I, I, the under, right? They, get, they hate that I bet the unders. You know, last week they were 11 and 3 unders. Chaz, can you just tell them that 75% of the games for the year have been under? Yeah. If you just bet that. And, and, I, and I told them my philosophy went on those guys, and I've, you've heard me say this before. I can't watch them, but I'll bet them. No. No. And then once you get to about halftime, if you're winning, all of a sudden now, it's like you get all those bonus points. Say, they, you know, the over was seven. Like, well, look at the, the Vegas game. We won that game. The first half didn't win, but the, they just stopped scoring. And yeah. so, yeah. Worked out perfectly, just yep. like we drew it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to draw it up on this, uh, Sunday night, on the Sunday morning game, I guess. So we got we had another Germany game, the last one of the year. We got the Colts taking on the New England Patriots. This line right now is at minus two. It was one and a half in favor of the Colts, a 42 and a half over under in this game. 
And this is one of those, like, I just don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. Other than I'm just going to take the under because I don't think there's going to be a lot of points score. We got two offenses that are shaky at best. Two defenses that sometimes play up and down that are competition. I'm just going to take the under and say we're going to probably watch a boring Sunday morning game, unfortunately. That, that's just how I'm looking at it. Chaz, what do you got in this game? Well, we have, we have said waking up to the unders has been very common. New England in their last 13 games are 2-11 and 11 against the spread, and they have scored 17 or less in 7 of 8. What's the over and under on that game? 43? Seems high, Dan. Seems high. Yep, it does seem high. I was saying that to Chris, actually, yesterday. What is it? Like 42, 42 and a half for these two teams that haven't scored points. We've seen so many of these types of games be like 36 and a half, 37, 38. So when it's 42, I'm like, ooh, that's like the new that's like the new 50, like when it was back in a few years ago. Like, ooh. Part of it, I mean, yeah, part of it, the Colts is the seventh leading scoring team in the NFL right now. So I think it's part of the equation they're putting into it. Now, you know, is it essentially pretty Say that again. They only score when they have to, though. That that's been the that's been the trend all year. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, both these teams turn the ball over quite often as well, so that's where some of the scoring also gets a little bit of a boost. Um, but I'm with you. I think it's the under's going to hit in this game as well. <laughs> all right, so let's go to our first Sunday game. I was really, really hopeful. And if you go back and you listen to our show yesterday, I was really hopeful this game could be an over. It's Houston Texans taking on Cincinnati Bengals. But since then, a lot can happen in 24 hours, Chris. Since then, we've heard T. Higgins is probably out. Jamar Chase looks like he's going to be out. He's going to be okay. Well, I can't say definitely until the team rules him out. But uh, I'm just saying probably out. That's the reporting that's going on right now. Uh, (laughs) The Bengals are favored at minus six and a half. The over under was 48 and a half. It has dropped two points to 46 and a half in a kind of reflection of that. But now, Chris, you pointed out yesterday, now I'm on your side where I think this winds up being kind of more of a defensive battle than we're expecting it to be. And I'm going to wind up cashing the under. Texans not as great on the road. I was hoping the Bengals with their firepower would push them along. They have to play catch up ball in the second half. Now I'm not so sure that's going to be the game script here. And now the Texans on their side, one of their top receivers, Nico Collins, he doesn't look like he's going to play. So we're missing firepower left and right here in this game. So I am taking the under in this matchup. I am also going to take the Bengals to cover at minus six and a half, especially since this game is in Cincinnati. Chaz, what do you got here? Yeah, Cincinnati is uh, is one of my bets of the week. Listen to these numbers. In the first quarter, they score seven plus. First half, 14 plus. Game, they allow 20 or less. At, at home, they're even better. I like them a lot. All right. All right. Uh, good. That lines up with what I want to try to do here. Uh, Chris, what do you got in this game? Yeah, I think I'm with you on this, Dan. I mean, I talked about yesterday's show where I think Houston's offense isn't probably quite the same way, doesn't score the same kind of pace. But the game, listening to T. Higgins, likely. Jamar Chase didn't commit to playing. Um, I think this game's got to go in the under. I like that. I actually like Houston, actually, you know, to be able to cover. I think the six and a half is a little strong for me for Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati with the firepower, we've seen this kind of before where they're going to be able to move the ball when they need to. Maybe win the game, but not necessarily cover the game, cover the score. So I, I like Houston actually to push. Okay, here we go. What about this matchup? We got the Ravens and the Browns. The this line kind of surprises me a little bit, just given where these two teams are right now. The Ravens and Baltimore have been absolutely dominant at home. There's no question about that. But minus six and a half against a divisional rival that has a very good defense, it seems a little strong to me. The over under at 38, though. 
Oh boy, am I betting the under on this one. I, I told Chris this yesterday, this might be a nine to six game. Fantasy wise, it might be a nightmare. Who knows? But I do think it's going to be a hard nose fought football game. And I'm kind of looking forward to it from that reason here. It's going to be a tough physical game. Uh, but yeah, I'm betting the under on this one. And you know what? I'm, I kind of want to take the Browns to cover at six and a half here because uh, I think that's a strong line, especially for a divisional rival matchup. What do you got, Chaz? Well, last week, I may have told you, I went through and, and gave you all the parlays of the teams that have done in the same game. And I I had a five-team, no, a six-team, Ron Robin with fives and four. So five-team parlays and 14 parlays, and I hit five of the six, and they never paid me. And then I looked, and I said, shit, I didn't bet the right game. I have Cleveland in the under this week for the game. To fill a six-team parlay, one of them lost. So it's for a five-teamer and a four-teamer. So, yeah, if it could come out Cleveland and uh, and the other, that would be appreciated. But you know what? Here's the thing. when The way I bet, and I was on, a, I was on fire. I told the guys I had sparks coming off my mouse. I was clicking so many bets. I clicked your bets. I paid every one of your props. Uh, so I knew I knew that you went uh, one and three, right? You went one and three in your props? Yeah. Yeah, because so, I bet him. <laughs> I bet everything on the sheet. I bet everything. And I had this parlay, and I had Cleveland in the under. And they, if you remember, they shut him out. And uh, I was actually it was supposed to be the first half. It turned out uh, I bet the wrong game. So I have Cleveland and the under for the game this week for a five-team parlay. <laughs> uh, love, it. love it. We're right there. Yeah, last week was just brutal. I, there was no offensive production like across the board outside of the Houston. 11 and 3. 11 and three. And those were not, like you said, those were not 48s that went under. No. Those are 36s, 39s, and 38s that went under. It was insane. Uh, Chris, what do you got in this game, this Ravens uh, Cleveland game? Yeah. So, originally, the other I was definitely 100% with you where I was looking at Cleveland and I was like, this is a strong line to me for Baltimore. I know Baltimore's been dominant at home as of late. You know, people kind of react to how that's been. Cleveland hasn't necessarily won pretty, but they've been able to be competitive because of that defense. But I look at the offensive line for Cleveland. You know, they already lost Willis has been banged up. <clears throat> they lost Tyler Conklin for the whole season. Dywan Jones didn't practice again today. I watched them versus Arizona last week. That run offensive couldn't they couldn't run the ball very well versus Arizona. Um, they couldn't brand protect very well versus Arizona. I think the Raven team could actually cover in this game. So I'm kind of flip-flopping my Irvis preview, my point of view, I should say. Um, and I'm actually going to go with the Ravens to cover this. Game. Listen to some of these numbers at home, guys. In the last eight games, they've allowed three or less. This is Baltimore in the first quarter. Ten or less in the first half in their last 14 home games. That's almost two years <laughs> of football, right? And uh, it's gone under in 10 of their last 11 at home, and they've allowed 20 or less in nine of those 10. Yeah, everyone's talking about right now, if you're in the AFC, you have to be petrified if Baltimore manages to get home field advantage. You have to be petrified. The only good news is that they had to play in the North, which the entire AFC North looks like a playoff team right now, and it gets real tough here in their second half stretch, but they look dominant at home. All right, let's go to the San Francisco 49ers and the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the few lines that has not moved throughout the week. The 49ers are favored at minus three, the over-under at 45. I was telling Chris, so he can't see on screen right now for whatever reason, uh, yesterday that I was hesitant to pull the trigger on the San Francisco 49ers. Even, that's where all the public is going, the public money. It does make sense. They are the better team, even though they're on the road in this game. And the reason I was hesitant because we still had not seen Trent Williams get out and practice, even coming out of the bye week. 
He finally came back in a limited capacity today, which is trending big time in a direction which he might play. If Trent Williams plays, the 49ers definitely cover minus three, in my opinion. And this one, in fact, is actually one of my lock em bets of the week. Lock them in. It's a lock. So San Francisco minus three, 45 and a half over under, by the way. Jaguars, just to throw this in there, too. They're two and two at home before no on the road. They're a better road team than a home team, and they're at home today. So, Jazz, what do you got here? Yeah, San Francisco has gone over eight of the last 10 in the first half, eight, one and one. They've scored 10 plus in nine of those 10, but they've only scored 17 points in three straight games. So I'm not sure if Purdy's coming back strong, but you know I have a little spot in my heart for Jacksonville because they won me some bets during this streak. I'm uh, I'm putting Jacksonville, New Mexico State, and Green Bay on my money line parlay. Now that shouldn't mean a thing to anybody except for the fact that last nine of those money line bets I've made eight of them have come in. Well, hot streaks always have to come to an end. That's Jeff. true. Right. That I'm sorry, true. sorry to tell you. <laughs> well, I mean, I got Louisville tonight, so I think it it actually has. <laughs> it actually has already. Yeah. It was doomed from the start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Chris. I almost called you Jazz there. What do you got in this one? Yeah, I'm kind of reluctant because I don't want to go against the hot streak of Chaz right now, but I, ask, I actually go with you, Dan. I think the 49ers should cover. I think the three and a half is really low in my book. I know Chaz looks better. What'd you say? Not even three and a half. It's only three. Only three. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jacksonville. I know it's looked better as of late, um, but I haven't been overly impressed with this team. And when we look at how they play at home, they rarely cover at home. So as a favorite, I'm not picking Jacksonville. I think Forty Nineers are going to cover. The Forty Nineers are going to win big. So I like the as a lock bet of the week as well. Love it, love it. That's what I want to hear. Music to my ears. We got to get this losing streak over with. Okay, we got the Saints taking on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. The Saints are the ones that are favored on the road. Minus three in this game with an over-under of 41. So first of all, I'm not going to leave you suspense. I'm definitely going to sit there and cash the under. That's, that's, that's number one. And I want to take... The Minnesota Vikings plus three in an underdog special. Not my underdog pick of the week, but it is still an underdog special for me this week. Minnesota Vikings, when they are underdogs at home, three and one against the spread. The Saints, when they are two and a half point favorites or more so far this year, they are one, four and one. They don't cover when they're supposed to, and the Vikings do nothing but upset teams as of late. I am taking the Minnesota Vikings at home to win this game outright. Chaz, what do you got? Uh, in the first half, New Orleans allows 14-plus and 4-4 and 5 straight overs for the first half. In the first half, Minnesota's 5-0 and against the spread of their last five, scoring 10-plus in all of them. All right, cool, cool. I like yeah, that. Kinda, that kind of, I'm thinking if that right. happens, it would be good for you. Yeah, it plays right into what we're just laying out there. Chris, what do you got in this one? Yeah, this, some of the North Carolina's game were kind of odd to me. Where, the, the, For example, the Saints actually have been scoring more points on the road than they have in New Orleans, which isn't typical for them. Scoring about 24 points on, on the road. Um, but I'm with you, Dan. The Vikings are the team that's kind of the hotter team, the team I believe in more. Team's coaching staff, I believe in more as well. So I'm going to the Josh Dobbs, the fighting Josh Dobbs. Is let me uh, let me throw in there that that the the third team of that money line parlay last week was Minnesota, and if you watch the game, they were down. They gave up a score to, to 
to give up the lead with. So that was you who made a phone call, Chaz? Like a Josh Dobbs. I mean, this was- dude was not even in the <laughs> building on Monday, right? And he let him down the field and won. And I just, I, my wife goes, well, you should be more excited. I said, I'm just in shock, I think. I just <laughs> thought it was over. There's no way this guy who wasn't in the building on Monday is going to lead him down the field to win the game. And he did it. Two touchdown passes. That that's yeah. what shocked. Two touchdown passes. You might get lucky on a drive. Yeah. That's multiple drives. Yeah. No, it was it was absolutely insane. We gave him a big shout out yesterday because it was it was just that impressive. And it's got it. fantasy purposes, guys. And I know it's usually a fantasy show. It's betting on Thursday nights at this point, but fantasy purposes, you gotta love what you saw at Josh Dobbs. It gives you hope that not your season's not over with Kirk Cousins gone. Real quick, uh, Dan, we, shout yeah. out for the Vikings too for actually making a move and not yeah. playing like somebody like the Giants are doing. <laughs> well, I mean, two weeks ago, right? Wasn't there talk the Cousins was going away? And now when he goes down, they bring in that kid, and the kid did well. I mean, but Arizona, boy, they got some issues in their quarterback room, huh? They do. But, Chaz, here's my thing. A lot, of team, a lot of teams aren't making any moves or, or riding guys who are just scrubs that we know that are terrible. Josh Dobbs looked competent like a quarterback the last two years. So to see the Vikings actually go out and get somebody – yeah, and not go to the, this whole notion that they can't run their offense and they can't do this, they can't do that. And we have to watch some shitty quarterback play as a result of that. Who can't yeah, Jets. Can play. I'm exactly. sorry. <laughs> no, the Giants. Like I said, it's not. Well, yeah, yeah. Play. We'll see what happens. We're just, we're just, but yeah, it's 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 awful. Tough. It has been a tough year to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, I was just gonna say, Chris, one of our off-season episodes when we get there, we're we're gonna have to do some homework and dive into this season compared to the last few. Cause I got a feeling we're gonna be sitting right there at the bottom as far as points scored, overall quarterback play, offensive play. And what I want to find out when the offseason when we have the chance to do this, is the defensive statistics actually any better or is this just all offenses imploding? That, that's what we're going to have to find out because that's going to be important, I think, for fantasy purposes moving forward. The, the problem, here's the problem with numbers though, right? If your defense is average but your offense sucks it makes your defense look good so the numbers sometimes the numbers don't necessarily match what you see because we haven't really seen teams get more sack numbers so far i've noticed that we haven't necessarily seen teams get more turnover numbers so far either so that's the part where i'm gonna be really curious we've seen a lot of low scoring games we've seen a lot of three and out and punts without defenses necessarily racking up statistics so i'll be it's just a study that i'm putting out there that we're gonna have to do a show on it yeah yeah i agree uh, all right, so we got we got the Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Pittsburgh is sitting at home, favored at minus three, over under at thirty nine. You want to talk about an under that I want to grab? It's this one. Not one of these offenses know how to score points right now, so thirty nine seems a aggressive to me right there i am going to take the steelers though to cover at home mike tomlin's the better coach and i think the better coach is the one who's going to win this matchup here so i'm going to take the steelers to cover Chaz, what do you got yeah the under is um was my first uh, best bet of the week and the reason was because i used an entire highlighting highlighting the unders my my highlighter actually ran out that was there was so many unders for these teams not scoring scores less than scores less than scores less than allows less than Allows less than under four out of four, under four out of four, you know, scores zero, three out of three, under seven out of eight. On this, I mean, I, I had to get another highlighter. Oh. Heads are falling off. Yeah, it's 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 brutal. So, Chris, what do you, what do you got in this uh matchup here? So, I don't have a strong vibe of who I want to pick or lose in this game, but what I will go with is the Chaz special in this game. When I look at both teams, we have fourth quarter only Kenny Pickett. And we have the Green Bay Packers who can't score in the first half. So I'm definitely going to bet on the under in the first half. 
and look at the over in the second half because this is how both these teams play. Yeah, nine nine straight games the Packers haven't gotten uh, haven't scored more than ten points in the first half. Nine straight. Yeah. What happens, Chris, when uh, both these teams decide they don't have to score for the entire game? Because <laughs> that's well, what I, get I know that you talked about. Then we actually get like a fourth quarter where they get all the offense. So you don't care about watching this game to the fourth quarter, basically. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So we got the Tennessee Titans taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's basically a pick em. It's in Tampa Bay. They're favored by minus one. Another over-under sitting at 39. Chris, this is my sneaky over for the week, believe it or not. I don't know who's left in the secondary for Tampa Bay to start. We might not see any of their starting cornerbacks. That's number one. We know that Will Levis will bomb it out. DeAndre Hopkins could be aligned for a big game. And we know that Tennessee can stretch out the field. Even if it was a tough run defense, Derrick Henry should find some success too. On the flip side of that, you can throw on Tennessee all day long. And we saw what Tampa Bay can do if the passing lanes are open last week. So I actually like the over for once in this particular matchup. I'm not picking a winner. Both these teams go back and forth or evenly match in the line reflects that Chaz what do you got in this one on the road Tennessee is 12 straight games under the number yeah well that was before Will Levis <laughs> that's true very good point <laughs> Chris what do you got in this one I like to take Dan I, I want to go with you on the over um, I'm a little reluctant because of the history of both these teams you know Tennessee loves to muck it up I think they had to kind of score and that I wonder if they can score if they don't necessarily have so. to um, but I do think that I'm with you. I think this could be a sneaky over game, so I'm going to stick my chest out and say this. I'll go with you, Dan. Go on the over. I'm not going to pick on the game either because I think this is a toss-up. Just give me – I just I need one over, okay? So like, let's just make that one happen. Uh, we got Detroit and the Chargers here. Detroit on the road in Los Angeles. Favored, though, at minus three. The over-under sitting at 48 and a half, looking like one of the – higher scoring games of the week and frankly it, it really should be it, it really really should be when you're looking at the way these two teams are constant, uh, constituted right now I think game script that I have laid out Detroit's going to come out early especially with David Montgomery back and the Chargers are going to have to play catch up in the second half I'm staying away from the over under the line reflects exactly where I had this game at which was pretty much a 25 22 matchup so I have 47 to the 48 and a half but it's pretty much right there in this game. I do think Detroit though covering at minus 3 that's something I like here because this is a team that if they do get up and they can control the second half, which you know they can do with their offensive line and their rushing game, I think they will close this game out eventually even if the Chargers try to backdoor cover. The nice thing about a 3 point line it's hard to backdoor cover a three-point line. So I am going to take Detroit here to cover. Actually, I, I just read my note. I didn't even read my note. Look at this. Why am I not reading my notes? They're actually my lock bet of the week because they're 6-2 and two against the spread. Lock them in. It's a lock. So, Chaz, what do you got in this one? Yeah, they're actually on an 8-2 and two run against the spread. Love it. It goes Love back, of course. It goes back to last year. Last year, right. And that's the beauty of data. You know, if you 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 extrapolated out backwards the bottom line is it it shows you these trends um but the charger jets game was a big winner for me because it was the last game of the week and and i actually hopped on the under in the second half because in their last 11 games in the second half the Chargers have gone under in 10 of them they're one four and four against the spread and detroit has not been scoring a lot in the second half either um, I don't like the game, but I will have the under in the second half of this game. Okay. Okay. I, I definitely respect that one. Chris, what do you think of the, about this game here? 
Yeah, so I'm kind of you know fascinated by this because it's my also my lock bet of the week, Dan. I, I really have lock bets, but I love Detroit on the road because it's not really a road game. There's no road games in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, but you're playing the Chargers. Exactly. <laughs> Which plays right into Jared Goff's hands. This Detroit Lions team is fully healthy, has a you know, full arsenal of offensive linemen and running backs back. I think what we saw last week was a Jets team that was just you know terrible. Um, so I don't buy the Chargers. I think this is not a good team offensively. They've been struggling as of late. I like Detroit. I like Detroit big. Okay. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you, man. I'm with you on this one. Uh, let's get into our next game here, which is the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Arizona Cardinals. And this is my underdog special of the week right here. The Atlanta Falcons on the road no less, which makes no sense to me, is favored in this game at minus two. The over-under set at 43. So first of all, I do like the under as well in this game. That's number one. There's two offenses I don't think I'll put up a ton of points. But Kyler Murray is going to be back. Maybe James Conner will be back. But Kyler Murray alone is better than anything going on in Atlanta right now. Arthur Smith, I hate you. I'm going to bet against you all year long. I don't care what it looks like, what it has to take to get you out of that seat as a head coach. Atlanta Falcons are terrible this year on the road on top of it. So the Arizona Cardinals are my team. Atlanta is one in five against the spread when they are one point or one and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals. Chaz, what do you got in this one? So Atlanta on the road is one and nine against the spread in their last 10 first quarters, two and 10 against the spread in their last 12 first halves, one and five against the spread in their last six second halves, two and seven against the spread in their last nine road games. So you would think being at home would be better for them, would you not? At home, they're, uh, no, overall, I mean, they're, they're uh, against the spread is one and eight, and overall in the first half, it's one and 13. <laughs> so they suck period uh <laughs> no you could you could consistently pay for your mortgage in the last year if you've just kept in against atlanta Every yeah and that's, that's what i'm going to do from here on out until arthur smith is fired that's my vow chris what do you got <laughs> i hear your bitterness and i echo it i understand the piss off about arthur smith but i'm not with you i think atlanta's going to win this game arizona mm. collar murray or not is not a good team i like arizona to win We haven't hit a showdown in a while, Chris. So I'm I'm willing to have this game as our showdown here. The Arizona Cardinals versus the Atlanta Falcons. Let's let's do it. We'll add that to the record books for next week's show. Tack it on there. All right. So let's go to the Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. The blowout of the week. Dallas is favored. This is the NFL, mind you. They're favored at minus 17 at home with an over-under of 38 and a half. I talked about this game a little bit yesterday, Chaz. You want to know what I said? I said, I'm going to take the over in this game because I think Dallas might put up 40 by themselves. And that's what it would take, by, by the way, to go on the over. Uh, Dallas is minus 17? Yeah, sure. How is the Giants going to score? Who's telling me to veto? They might get negative 10 yards. We already, and it's not a joke because we already seen that happen once this year with Tommy DeVito at a quarterback against a good Dallas t- team on top of it. Are you kidding me right now? Oh, man. Chaz, what you got in this game, man? Yeah, I'm just bouncing back and forth. When Dallas is on the road, I bet against them. When Dallas is home, I'm betting them. It's been working out real well. Dallas is one of my top picks. At least listen to these numbers for the New York Giants. In their last 16 games, they're they have scored three points or less in 16 straight first quarters. 
They're three and twelve against the spread in the first quarter in their last fifteen. They've scored ten or less in nine of the last ten in the first half. This is overall. They've scored seven or less in the second half, and they're under seven uh, in all seven of those games. And uh, for the game, they're under seven straight too. They've scored sixteen or less in seven straight. Um, they won forty to nothing the first time. I don't need that. I just need twenty to nothing. I'm good. <laughs> Chris, are you echoing our sentiments here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I tried to look at reasons that Dallas could, you know, choke this game out. We saw them with Arizona struggle, um, you know, so they they are capable of overlooking teams. But Tommy DeVito just makes it too much, too hard for me, Dan. I tried to leave – even the 17 I looked at, like, well, that's really high. Maybe there's somehow a chance. But 20 to 3 is easy to see this game. Even the Dallas Cowboys just, you know, just sit on the field and don't play the whole game. I think it's impossible for them not to win this game and cover. So I'm with you. I think this is just this is disappointing in the NFL that you have to watch Tommy DeVito play. <laughs> Talk about a team that – Chris, let me ask you this real quick. Do you think the Giants are just incognito tanking at this point so they can get somebody to replace Daniel Jones as soon as possible? Because they're probably not going to have Jones now with, with the, his ACL. They're what definitely not going to have was- next year. What number pick was him when they when they picked him the first Jones seven? Six. six or seven, yeah. <laughs> I remember giant fans were, were so upset. And they just keep throwing money at this guy. Sometimes, you know, if you're running bad on the crap table, you don't keep throwing money at the guy. Yeah, no, you would think so. You would think so, Chaz, but that's that not how the franchises work. Quarterback who play who quarterback who got us to the playoffs he didn't play well. He had fit, I mean, I'm not going to go on a whole tangent again. I spent an entire offseason going on a tangent on why Daniel Jones was a waste of money. Uh, but yeah, Chris, you want to answer that question? You think they're going to just tank here so they can get a replacement for him? I mean, I think in some ways that they did. You know, moving on from Williams when they really didn't necessarily need to shows you that they're definitely kind of moving forward from the season. There's not a whole lot to play for. Um, but I don't know if I just think they're tanking. Who I worry about the most in this whole situation, especially the last three weeks, is Saquon Barkley. The fantasy wise, people are happy, but you're killing this dude for what purpose moving forward? And he's not under contract next year, so I don't think they cared. They're killing him. That's the bad. Well, the rumor, Dan, is that they're they're planning on locking him up. That they're going to resign. Not him if you're going to run him to the ground this well, year. That's what I'm curious about too. Now, exactly. <laughs> so that, with your to your point, it seems like they're trying to use their best player, so they're trying to win, maybe. But then again. What are you really trying to accomplish in the big scheme of things? No, he he needs to pull a little, you know, soft hammy and be done for the rest of the year as soon as possible here because there's just no point. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks against the Washington Commanders in Seattle. They are favored at minus six and a half with an over under of 44 and a half. This is my other sneaky over of the week. We know Washington throws the ball a ton. They can usually actually keep pace with their opponents. I'm looking for Seattle to take this opportunity against a porous commander's defense to do something explosive with that offense. They've been knocking on the door. DK Metcalf's going to play. Jackson Jiggins is going to play. Ken Walker's going to play. Tyler Lockett's finally off the injury report. They've been knocking on the door. You need a bounce back game offensively to get Geno's confidence heading back in the right direction. This seems like that game to do it. And the commanders, like I said, on the other side, have the ability to keep pace when put in that position. That's why I do actually like the over in this game. And part of me actually likes commanders to kind of backdoor cover this thing at six and a half too. Chaz, what do you got in this one? Yeah, in the first half, in their last nine, Washington has allowed 10 plus in all of them. And Seattle's allowed 10 plus in six of the last seven. Nothing better, right, on an over than you get most of it in the first half and then you just need a couple touchdowns. (laughs) That would would be nice. That's how it should work. Chris, how how you looking, man? 
Yeah, I want to echo both segments for you, Dan. I think that I do like um, for the over to cover in this game. I think both teams can be score can score versus defenses, but I also think that there's I don't think Seattle's six and a half better than Washington on the road. So I do think there's a backdoor cover. Okay, yeah. So we're both we're all on the same page for this game. Nice. Uh, let's go to our lovely, lovely Sunday night game. Isn't this what we all wanted? The Jets. At the Raiders, New York teams, yay! <laughs> the Jets at the Raiders. I mean, it just says magic, right? Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh wait, no, no, no. It's it's Zach Wilson and Aiden O'Connell. Oh, uh, uh, Josh. Uh, no, Josh Daniels. He's 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 gone too. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this is abysmal. I tell you what, though, the Raiders look like they won the freaking Super Bowl last, last week when they won that game without Josh Daniels. It was incredible. Uh, this game, though, the Jets are favored on the road. At minus one, basically a pick them here over under set at 37. I'm definitely cashing the over under on the under here at 37. I don't expect a ton of points to be scored, but I'm going to take the Raiders to win this game outright. What about the Jets that impresses you right now? Their defense is very, very good. Sure. But I would bet on the Raiders offense having a better chance to move the ball than the Jets offense right now. And the Raiders defense has been kind of underrated so far this year. Uh, so I'm taking the Raiders to win this game outright at home. Chaz, what do you got in this one? The Chargers look like Georgia against the Jets. <laughs> they were amazingly bad. No, um, I'm coming right back with this is one of my best bets, too. I'm coming right back with this under. And I don't normally do this, but I'm making my bets for the NFL tonight. I don't normally do it because I don't normally have this much money in my disposal but i have a lot of money at my disposal right now i'm locking these lines in now yeah because uh you know as you know uh the lines move the lines move but yeah so so uh listen to this um in the second half in their last 13 the jets are under they went over one under 11 and they got a push they allowed 10 or less in four of their last or six all six six straight in the second half they scored 10 or less than 9 and 10, the Raiders do. They're 1 and 7 against the spread. This this should be flexed, right? This should game not be on. It should be. I literally had this conversation with Chris last night. I said, I thought week 10 marked the beginning of when the NFL could flex games out. So who in the hell dropped the ball and not flexing this game out? That, that, that it just blows, blows my mind. Blows my mind. Chris, what do you got in this one? Yeah, I got the under in this game. I'm going to be covering my eyes for most of this prime time game yet again. Um, I'm not excited about anything going in this game. Dan, Chaz went over the numbers. You know, you talk about a team that I don't expect to score a lot of points. And the Raiders look like maybe they're more talented than the Jets were last week, but both these teams suck. I'm not excited to watch this game. I think it's a pick them. I, I don't have a strong opinion either other than the under. I do. Um, I don't know if you guys know about the, the vet concert. I think it's, uh, is it uh, Neil Young does it every year? And and every year he picks a different city to do the concert. And it's for, you know, to raise money for veterans. And this year he picked San Diego. My buddy has, Tommy has an extra ticket. So I'm going to the game. And then I looked and I saw what game I was missing. I said, okay. I'll go to a country concert, man. <laughs> country, I don't even know country music, but I'd go to a country music concert over watching this game. Well, I know. And Chris, I I, I texted our co-host Chase Thornton uh, the other day. I was like, yo, 
So glad this is one of the Sunday nights where we're doing, you know, because we usually do our show, our recap for the Sunday show, like right about the halftime mark of the Sunday night game at 1030 at night. Make sure you tune into our YouTube channel, subscribe. But I was like, yeah, so glad we're doing a show while this game's going on because this is not a second half. I'm going to need to catch live by any stretch of the means. This screams that Giants-Jets game a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I I told you, 9-6. to That's why I got the Uh, uh, other. Another nail biter. (laughs) (laughs) Going under all the way. All right, so our last game of the week is the Denver Broncos coming off the bye. They are on the road going to Buffalo. This game has actually moved a little bit towards Denver, uh, which is annoying because I wanted Denver at 7.5, but now the line is minus 7 in favor of Buffalo with the over-under set at 47. First of all, Taking the under. I don't know what Vegas's line was, was going on here. I don't know what I missed when the Broncos suddenly spurred an offense and the Bills weren't a team that looked like they're just completely disconnected offensively. Like the Bills had the firepower at least, and it could go off in any moment theoretically, but they haven't looked great over the past few weeks. And the best game they looked that Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago, they still only put up 24 points in that game. They're just not executing in the red zone. And the Broncos, uh, like I know they were, they, they beat the Chiefs. 24 to 9. Everybody was shocked. I get it. This team doesn't score points, especially when on the road. Give me a break. So I'm cashing out the under here at the 47. I feel great about that. I am now going to stay away from the line, though. I was going to take the Denver Broncos at seven and a half. Plan being Buffalo wins by seven. I get that extra half a point. Now, now I'm just staying away from that line. It's it's too right on the money, in my opinion. Chaz, what do you got in this game? Uh, how could you bet on Buffalo? And who is Buffalo right now to give seven points to anybody? I mean, th- that's the part that, yeah, I agree with you. But I do have a play because I've been doing this now for a couple of weeks with them. I have them to in my parlay to win the, win the uh, division. I don't know how they beat Miami so bad. I really don't. I mean, this last three weeks. So, but in the second half, they pick it up. So, second half, bet no matter what happens at halftime. In second half, bet bet uh, Buffalo. You'll do okay. Okay, I like that. You're yeah, you're right on the money with that one, Chris. What do you what do you got in this one? Well, you know who doesn't score in the second half is Denver, Chaz. <laughs> so, I'm going to also go against Denver in the second half. And I'm sorry, who Buffalo is? They're playing Denver. That's why they're favored by seven. I like Buffalo to cover in this game. I hear everybody's trepidation. I hear everybody's concerns, but I think to Dan's point. Denver's offense is not good. Denver's coaching staff is not good right now. I'm not buying the defense is suddenly somehow good either. So I think this is a cupcake game. You can play off 10 yards off of Stephon Diggs. He's going to eat that up all day. I like Buffalo Bills. Does anybody know if this Monday night game, if Taylor Swift's going to be at the game? Why would she be? I don't know. But, you know, the team seems to do well when she's in the That's stands. The That's the if I would just, if I were the Jets or the Giants, I would buy Taylor Swift. They probably, she could actually buy them. Probably. Chaz is like, I just want Taylor Swift in every game. So that would be you game gotta one. hook her up with somebody first, Chaz, to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Hold on. Oh man. No, I actually, she's going to be doing her South American tour, and Travis Kelsey's actually going to South America on his bye week, and then coming back next week. That's was that's your little uh, weekly quota there on the updates with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Uh, and the only reason I know that is because they just had Jason Kelsey on the uh, Thursday night broadcast, and when I was right before we went on the show. Um, all right, so while you guys think about what picks you want for our three team parlay, here's my player prop bets of the week. I got Amon Ross St. Brown at 88 and a half receiving yards. He's been over that mark five of the last seven games. He's been like a hundred yard machine and you got the Chargers giving up the seventh most receiving yards to the wide receiver. So I got Amon Ross St. Brown on a player lock. I got DeAndre Hopkins 
Chris, get this one. 59 and a half. That's all his receiving yards are this week against no-name corners. And he's been over that mark both the last games with Will Levis. Love that. Tampa Bay getting up the third most receiving yards to the wide receivers. We're locking in DeAndre Hopkins at 59 and a half. Brock Purdy is my lock at the passing yard mark. 245 and a half. He's been over that five of his eight games. He's getting Debo Samuel back. He's getting Trent Williams back, it looks like. And the Jacksonville Jaguars go up the eighth most passing yards to teams this year. So I'm blocking in Brock Purdy over 245 and a half passing yards this week, too. Chris, what do you think about those? I like all of those, Dan. I'm definitely with you in the Hopkins one, in the Brock Purdy. The Brock Purdy notions that, you know, he's been so ter- terrible and playing so awful really hasn't been the case. So I like <laughs> that respect of those secondary is not very good. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so let's go into our parlay. Chaz, I always like to give you the floor first. Who's your, who's your pick first? Yeah, you know what? Um, <clears throat> uh, I got you while you're thinking about it, Chaz. All right, Chris, go for it. I'm going to stick to something in your heart. I'm going to go pick against the Chargers. I think the Detroit Lions are the lock bet, one of my lock bets of the week. All right, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go with Dallas. Okay, I'll go that's, yeah. that's a Thanksgiving. That's a one. I've had that parlay on Thanksgiving before. <laughs> right? Is it not a Thanksgiving parlay in the old days when they yeah. had teams? Yeah. Games? Hey, you know what? We could go Dallas, San Francisco is our second time we do the parlay in Thanksgiving too, because I'm going to take San Francisco at minus three as my lock bet for our parlay here. So we got San Francisco at minus three, Dallas at minus seventeen, and Detroit. At minus three for our three teams. Seventeen. The week. <laughs> you 17. should be embarrassed if you're a Giants fan. <laughs> They're all hiding their faces. Remember, oh, remember the paper yeah. bags and the Saints have. We yeah, gotta get yeah. the, the eights. The eights. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the smalls. We'll call them the smells. You're there you go. Smells. Oh, that's going to do it for the show, guys. Hope you all enjoyed it. Make sure you catch us on our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Hit the bell notification so you get notified when we have new content available to you. It's the weekend. We're going to have a ton of new content coming out with video clips and everything else like we do every single week. Make sure you come in live when we come back with Chase Thornton, 1030. We'll do our recap, our heroes and zeros, and observational notes. Of course, we'll be back next Wednesday night for our Operation Domination episode heading into Week 11. Download us on your favorite podcast apps. You can listen to us anywhere when you're on the go. Chaz, what do you got coming up? We want people to follow you. Yeah, you know, Sports Betting Weekly right now is, is where I'm, I'm putting a lot of uh, our posts up. But I, I got to give a shout out because uh, Paulo is part of the, the team and his soccer plays are just amazing. He had a loser today. I, I I couldn't believe it. He went and he hit 20 straight soccer bets. No, 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 get me wrong. These are all minus 500s. They're minus 400s. The bottom line is, though, you know, you got to have a very high winning percentage. 20 out of 21 is high enough. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. 100%. Right now, wherever Chaz is doing anything, people want to be following because this guy's on fire. So I think. And, and really, here's what, what it is. I'm keeping it simple, stupid. I really am. That's what I'm doing. I'm 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 saying I'm I'm looking at the game. So I got all my college games, all my pro games. I'm doing the same thing. I'm looking for what's the best teams. I'm not afraid to to throw some big punch. So I'll bet my round robin, you know, for forty bucks, and then I'll throw a fifty buck parlay to win seventy on teams on the money line that are minus six hundred, minus eight hundred. I learned that from soccer. The bottom line is, at the end of the day, do you have more money in your pocket than when you started? If you do, good for you. Yeah. Absolutely well, good for me in this case. 
Uh, before we totally wrap it up, guys, quick shout out to our sponsor, Wolf Spreads app. It's free to download. You can catch the link on our social media page at Billy Up MDFF Show on X. It's a free contest. All you have to do is bet $2,000 of fake money, maximize the profits, and you will win a $25. Amazon gift card. And this is a contest that rolls into every single week. So once you're signed up, you're in it for the rest of the season. We already have one person who's got 50 bucks. We had a new winner last week. So make sure you check it out. Wolf Spreads app. Go to at Billy Up MDFF show on X for a free contest for you. Everybody, good luck this weekend. Chaz, you always like to say. Always be cashing. We'll see you next week. <laughs>